Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Live from the beautiful Byward Market again. It's good to be downtown, boys. You're you're live, we're not. Yes. You're you're, you're down at the market, we're not. For you guys, Paul and Frank, this is show number 99 without being in the studio. Oof, that's a lot of breakfast that I've ha- haven't <laughs> had to pay for. Pretty, week, pretty incredible. Week, pretty incredible. I got a down payment for a house almost. I think with the money I've saved. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, that's, you know what's funny. You know what's funny is is I remember when this first happened, and we had to do it from home. I remember thinking to myself, oh, "It's going to be about two weeks, three weeks. We'll be back in the studio <laughs> or, or two months." And here we are, two years later. Almost two years to the day. We've got a couple of weeks left and we're, we're back to where we actually started. On, I think it was the 14th of March in 2020. 99 shows. That's a lot. You guys must miss me. I remember you predicting the V-shape and it's actually more of a check mark now when it comes to real estate. It's not really a V. It's, it's more of a check mark. I mean, once you hit that bottom, I mean, it, it's continued to go up and, it's, and it hasn't stopped yet, right? On the real estate Boy, side. Boy, that V goes back. I forgot all about that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it's not a V. It's a check mark. Like I said, the the, the right hand side that line is way way bigger than it was when it began. That's for sure. Now explain what that was again. Well, with the V, yeah, well, how we were yeah, we yeah. were going to drop and then we were going to rebound, yeah. rebound like yeah. a of a V, which we've done, which we've done. The real estate market has done that, but I mean, we didn't take much time off in the real estate market. Our market, you know, we there, there's a little hesitancy, you know, in March, April, May of of 2020, but then once June rolled around. We were learning how to do things the right way and the proper way and the safe way. And, and the market just was exploded, you know, and I, it's hard to, hard to understand why I think a lot of people were saving a lot more money because they're working from home. And you know, a lot of this, a lot of the job losses were in the service industry. Um, and a lot of those people are renters. Um, so, I mean, I, we were in, we were in a, a decent, well, we were in a great market in 2020, but we didn't expect what we're seeing in 2021 and 2022. That's for sure. But it exploded all over North America. I don't the know. World. Yeah, and the, pretty much the world. I mean, I was talking to my coach the other day, and he's got people in you know Venezuela and Australia, all these different places. And he said everywhere across the world there is a listing shortage, listing starved markets, and prices are doing this around the world. So it's uh, it's 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 consistent. I mean, I know a, lot, a couple of my American friends. They tell me what's going on in their market. It's crazy, but it's still not as crazy as this one. I, I, we are, and when I hobnob with all these Americans, they, they're like, holy crap, you guys are selling for $100,000 over asking. I'm like, yeah, we are. We were a market before that. If you were, if you were listing it at 500 and there was a bidding war, the winning bid would probably be 505, 510. Well, that's not even a starting point anymore. So it's, 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 our market's really shifted almost like we're in the heyday of Toronto and things were selling, which it's still like this, but when they're selling 100, 200, 300,000 over asking price, we're now in that market that Toronto is in. And we're basically in our second explosion. It's a mirror from last year, right? It is a mirror from last year. This one's a little bit different in the way that we are a much more listing starved this year than we were last year. Uh, not by much, but we're still, it just feels like we're a bit listing starved. However, saying that, 
Um, I think there's a rebound coming. I know my company last week alone put 15 listings on, which is a lot for, for one week. Um, and there's a lot more inventory on the market, which is great news because there's, there's a lot of people that are chomping at the bit to find a home. And with more inventory starting to hit the market, it's, it's good news. Do you think we're going to get a big rush, Frank, because the interest rates are going to go up next month? Well, prime rates, so Bank of Canada is on Wednesday. Uh, very, very good chance that we're going to see a quarter percent increase. Uh, could have been 50 basis points, but I think they're going to take their time doing that. So uh, quarter points, what's expected. Fixed rates have already adjusted based on the fact that prime was going up. Uh, so I don't know that we'll see fixed rates go up. The banks are crying poor. <laughs> I, I saw the numbers. <laughs> but to believe it or not, they're crying poor on the mortgage side, saying the spread's too small. So... Uh, that's what scares me is that they're uh, they're extremely profit driven and and um, you know they've got shareholders to report to and from their standpoint they uh, we've seen this week uh, fixed rates go up again uh, five ten basis points and like I said I mean over the last year we've seen fixed rates go up one and a half percent and it's the quietest one and a half percent increase over a twelve month period that I've ever seen I mean it's just they they just quietly raise it five ten basis points every time nothing. Because it doesn't hit the news. When it's only 5 or 10 basis points, it doesn't hit the news. It hits the news when it's a quarter point. So uh, they're doing it very methodically. And uh, and uh, lo and behold, I mean, you know, some customers are shocked when you tell them that a five-year mortgage now is 3%. I mean, it was, you know, just a short 12 months ago on a high-ratio insured mortgage. You can get 1.5%. And just a short 12 months later, it's doubled. And back to what pre-pandemic rates are. We are today... Apart from the variable, we are exactly where we were when the pandemic started in March of 2020 for fixed rates. So, so I shouldn't, so I shouldn't feel bad locking in my rates years ago at 2.74 and 2.89. <laughs> well, now you're good. For the last two years, probably haven't felt good, but now you feel good again. So, yeah, yeah. it's funny. It's funny how you say it. That we've quietly increased by one and a half percent. It has been really quiet because there's so many people that will we're working with that are like, so rates still crazy low, like one and a half, two percent. I'm like, actually, they're not anymore. They've they've crept up. They're like, I didn't see any of this. And I'm like, like you just said, because they've only gone up little incremental amounts. They, you know, it hasn't hit the news. What happens now, Frank, with inflation, Ukraine? What what effect is that going to have on rates? Boy, you'd think when the war started, uh, when when Russia invaded on Thursday, you'd think the stock markets would crash and and everything would go down. Instead, the opposite has happened. It's absolutely mesmerizing to me how bond markets didn't didn't plummet, uh, how the stock markets didn't go down. Uh, it's just surprising to me, and uh, it's like business as usual, and it didn't imp- have any impact, which is quite surprising. Now that could change next week, but. Um, you know, you'd think that inflation, well, inflation's the reason that prime rate's going up a quarter point. So we know that. But is the inflation here to stay or is it, you know, just temporary? And, and once supply issues get back to normal, inflation goes away and we get back to that 2 to 3% marker that everybody's looking for. So I think inflation is going to prevent uh, rates going up quicker than, uh, than they should. So I do think that uh, prime rate specifically will only go up very, very slowly because uh, the cost of everything else is going up and it's going to hurt the average Canadian. Yeah, well, they're talking about gas prices, $0.08 cents a litre this weekend, maybe up to 2 bucks by the summer. Yeah, they're talking but, about 2 bucks by the summer. That's crazy. 2 bucks. You know, yeah, I remember but, not too long ago we were under a buck a litre, you know? And now we're what's, what's that going to do to the people that are uh, looking to move to the outskirts now? Well, it's, I mean, it's still, it's still cheaper in the outskirts. Um, but however, yeah, you got to factor in now driving, 
if you if you're able to work from home and you have a, a community that has all the amenities, maybe you don't feel it as much. But yeah, if you're someone who's you know living in the outskirts and commuting to downtown or to the east end or the west end, wherever you're commuting to, and the gas has gone up to two bucks a liter, you're going to feel it. You're really going to feel it. I mean, you already feel it now. I mean, when I fill up my car, I'm like from one week to the next week, I'm like, why is that an extra ten dollars? Yeah, like, that's crazy. Why is it an extra twenty dollars? So it's everything i mean you go to a grocery store now and you get groceries good luck getting out of there if it's not 100 200 300 dollars like it's just nuts right now how everything the price of everything is just skyrocketing and it's there's a lot of families who are who are just scraping by because of the cost of everything we should all be so much thinner now with the cost of food (laughs) (laughs) see for gas i i got it down for gas i only put 20 bucks in at a time that way it's never more expensive <laughs> yeah, your tank just shrinks every time yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't go as far. Right? <laughs> that twenty bucks used to get me half a tank, now it gets me an eighth of a tank. <laughs> but that's or you can do what I did. You can do what I did. Go electric. Yeah, your your timing was good. Yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So see, you notice now we don't get complaints about Frank with gas prices, huh? Oh, I don't yeah. care. I'm a like I don't care about the gas prices. I don't. I don't need. Them. I still notice it. I mean, I, I mean, you still notice it. You drive by a gas station, it's like, whoa, holy mackerel! That like that's crazy. So, but that is something you got to factor in if you're looking on the outskirts, right, Frank? Well, assuming that you have to go into the office, then absolutely you have to factor it in. I mean, you know, now again, I mean, there used to be, and I think the gap, and, and Paul talked to it. I think the gap used to be, it felt like it was bigger. If you bought in the outskirts, you'd get a lot more home for cheaper. Now it doesn't feel like that gap is quite the same anymore. And I don't know if it's worthwhile because you're paying a lot for that house in the outskirts. And if you're having to drive into work as well, I don't know how much further ahead you are. Yeah, the gap is definitely shrinking. I mean, you know, let's take a house that potentially was, you know, 700,000 in suburbia. It might've been 350 to 400 in the country and uh and that's starting to shrink a little bit as well i mean as the prices in the core go up so are the prices in the outskirts and and i agree with you frank if you can work from home and you can live in the outskirts you can get a more affordable home it it totally makes sense but you know if you got to commute and the gap's not that big and and you still got to pay all these extra costs you, you have to factor in all these costs when you're looking in the country or the core is it my imagination or are there more new builds happening in the outskirts than there are closer to that's the and that is the trend, Steve. I mean, I, I think maybe they can get shovels in the ground easier. Uh, maybe permits are cheaper. All those things are cheaper. Um, but yeah, there's... Land's cheaper. The land's still cheaper, right? And that's the starting cheaper. point. Yep. The land's cheaper. And you're seeing a lot of builders now building. Like the outskirts used to be custom homes, country acreages. Now it's like little subdivisions, like little track home subdivisions, just like you'd see in Orleans or Barhaven or Canada or Stittsville. They're now, all the outskirts now are are transitioning to just track homes, small track homes. And that's what people are scooping up. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Uh, we are back. Paul Rushforth, Frank DiPolitano, and Jordan, joined by Mike Hapke. Obviously, it must be RSP season. Wow. Of course. <laughs> I mean, your show was a little dull, so I thought I'd call in, things up a little bit. You know. What you... Take a new approach here. Real estate's too expensive. No homes available. Yeah, he's got to get. It's a good time to invest in a mortgage investment corp. Perhaps just thinking. Yeah, yeah. what am I going to do with all the spare money? I co- all this COVID money that I've been saving, Mike. 
Well, there are billions of dollars on the, on the sidelines. There's no question about that. And, and you know, with, we, with you know, services and, and whatnot and goods being hard to come by, that creates a lot of excess cash sitting on the sidelines. So there is a lot of money out there. People are wondering what to do. We've got, you know, incredible volatility in the markets. And I think it's only going to get worse. You know, one of the things that I found extremely interesting this week, you know, is, you know, the stock market, the, the, the indexes have been suffering greatly. And then on Friday, it bounces back 800 plus points. And it says, you know, they, they assessed the situation. The investors are assessing the situation in Ukraine and, and the market bounces back. You're thinking, how could this be any worse? This is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And yet the market is deciding that, oh, we'll just keep moving forward. There is extreme volatility in the market right now. And, and that's, that point just goes to show you, you know, that the market really has no direction. So, yeah, and it could turn on a dime, right, Mike? It can turn on a dime. And, um, you know, and that's why I believe personally as well that there's no better time than now to look at options. Stay local if you can, right? That's what we do. We tend to stay local. Um, and it's a local investment paying between seven and seven and a half percent is kind of our target, um, on local Ottawa real estate. We just do mortgages. That's it. Very simple, you know, transparent. Um, you can see us, you can see our building. You can walk in anytime and see us. Um, you know, it's, it's just a great option in today's environment. I, I, I can't, you know, I understand the markets and, and I'm afraid to dip my toe in there right now. It's just too volatile for me. Uh, I'd like to just clarify for Mike that he's talking with the financial market and not the real estate market. Yes, of course. 100%. You know, when it comes to, yeah, no, it's a a very good point, Paul. And, you know, the challenge is, of course, as you know, um, you know, and and you're a real estate investor, as am I. um, You know, it's just, it's incredibly hard to find good quality product right now um, at the right price where, where you can actually turn a profit. I mean, if you can get into it, real estate is never a bad buy, period you know, full stop. Um, but it, it, it is very difficult. It's become challenging to find those opportunities. Um, yeah, it's tough these, to be cash flow positive these days, right? Yeah, really tough. Um, really tough. And, you know, <laughs> we're looking at it now and saying, well, it, it's only a loss of X amount. You know, I can I can stomach that, you know, and I'll, I'll take my growth over time, um, which is still a strategy. You know, it's not as good as it once was. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's tough to find. If so, if you want some some real estate in your portfolio and you you know can't find the right um, opportunity in, in hard assets and hard real estate, then perhaps investing in mortgages is is the way to go. How much money are we talking about here, Mike? Well, our investors can invest anything from ten thousand. We have some to well over a million. Um, so you know, it, it goes right from you know your smaller investors to your significant investors, and um, you know, the, the shares that, you know, you would buy or I would buy or Paul would buy, wink, wink, um, <laughs> are exactly the same. You know, it, it, they're all preferred shares. Um, there's no special classes. It's all the same class. Um, and everybody is treated equally with respect to the dividends that are paid out. So, How long have the, your average investor stayed with you? You know what? We, we get very few. Now that we're, you know, quite a bit larger, you know, over the past seven years, um, you know, we do get the odd redemption for whatever reasons. Like sometimes somebody will have a new portfolio manager that was one this week. You know, they got a new portfolio manager that's new to the business and they want to transfer all their assets. 
you know, to them because that's how they make money, right? So unfortunately, you know, sometimes uh, individuals will fall for, you know, somebody's new proposal that they have. And yeah, my point is that my point is that most stay with it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's sticky money for us. Um, you know, the odd time, like I said, somebody will, will move some funds out, but uh, not very often. But you've never um, been below 7% in what, seven years now? Yeah, it's been seven years. Um, you know, so typically our, our target is anywhere between seven and seven and a half. Um, and we anticipate it being probably close to that seven and a half range again this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's been extremely consistent, So you don't have that volatility and you're investing in local Ottawa mortgages. And That's a lot of different ways to invest too, right? You don't just have to grab your savings. You can use your RSPs. If you're in business, you can use your corporate account. That's right. Exactly. Uh, that's a big one is the corporate accounts. Uh, that's what uh, Frank and I do uh, on a regular basis. We, we kind of tuck funds away that way. Um, but yeah, it's tax-free savings account, RESP, RSP, RIF. Um, we got to have a lot of RIF investors. Um, so, you know, we can work with all the different registered plans. And keeping in mind now, too, I mean, if people haven't taken advantage of their tax-free savings account, this is a great option. Now you can have over $80,000 in a tax-free savings account. Um, this year, the contribution amount is about $6,000, um, or is 6000 I should say. But, um, you know, a lot of people haven't taken advantage of that. So this is a great way to grow, you know, a tax-free investment is, is through the tax uh, through the uh, tax-free savings account. Now you mentioned investors so, anywhere from 10 grand to a million dollars. So where, without getting too personal, where on that scale would Paul be? I was waiting for this. I was waiting for this. You can't even <laughs> go every Mike's gone. You, <laughs> you know, I'd love to disclose, but I can't due to privacy reasons. I can't tell you exactly how much Paul would, has. Would, I, would I be safe to say the lower end? <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer. Hey, uh, Mike. Hey, Mike, quick question for you. With with interest rates going up on mortgages, I mean, we saw the interest rates come down, mm-hmm. yet the mix yeah, could... average was still very high. With interest rates going up now, uh, it can can an investor expect maybe for a better return, or do you think it'll stay pretty flat? Awesome question, Frank. Um, so here's what's going to happen, and it, it, it's going to be a lagging effect. What's going to happen, um, mortgage investment corps typically um, carry a credit facility. Right. So they can bridge, you know, between when the money's coming in, when the money's going out, et cetera. So um, that credit facility for the the mortgage investment corp will become a little more expensive over time. So what you will see as the mortgages start to pay out in their portfolio and reset, those mortgage rates will start to bump up. So I do believe that, you know, over time, you will see the rate of return in many mix go up. Um, now, ours is already quite high compared to others, and the only reason why it is quite high compared to others is because of the the very very high quality business that we write. We do not write, um, you know, really, you know, credit impaired type mortgages. It, the the deals that we do just fall outside um, of the traditional lending box, which means they pay out quickly. So when they're paying out quickly. There's, there's not that interest rate risk because we're resetting those mortgages every six, eight to 12 months, that money, right? It's resetting, it's resetting at today's rates. Whereas, for example, in some other mix, if they have mortgages within their portfolio that are being held for two, three plus years, 
that money that they borrowed against in their credit facility, they might have borrowed it at a lower rate. So their rate that they offered the client, the borrower, was lower at the time. So it might take a little longer. So you might see some drag, and then you might see it start to increase over time. We hey, Mike, have that problem. Mike, we got a break for the news, but um, if I got some money and I want to invest, what's my next step? Listen, uh, check us out online. We put everything up on our website, advancednick.com or 613-274-0055. That's M-I-C, right? Advanced M-I-C. M-I-C. Advancedmic.com. We put everything on there. So a lot of people that come to us have already spent some time poking around on there. So have a look. Any parting words for Paul? <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> I love two, you too, Mike. Two seven four zero zero five five, Paul. Two seven four zero zero five five. Paul, you call me directly any day. All right, guys. thanks, Mike. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. Got a question or a comment? We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank DiPolitano and Paul Rushforth. This is Steve Gregory. Paul, you don't get people coming up anymore saying they're waiting for prices to go down, are you? Oh, yeah, we get the occasional person. Serious. We'll get the occasional, yeah, we'll get the occasional person that says, you know what, this market's going gonna, gonna to shift and we're in a bubble and I'm going to wait another year until the, the bubble bursts and... You know, these are the same people that came to us at the end of 2020 and said the same thing when our average sale price was 529. Now we're closer to 700. You know, so it's not it's 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 not great thinking if you're waiting for this bubble to burst. Are we going to plateau eventually? Yeah, of course we are, but we're not going to drop. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're not these states where they have all that volatility where they go up and they go down. Or even Toronto and Vancouver have done that over years. They've gone up and they've gone down. But well, they've gone up and they've gone down. But I sent you an article this week. Over the past twenty five years, prices in Toronto have gone up four hundred and fifty three percent. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. I don't I don't honestly know how people are affording homes in Toronto or Vancouver. I mean it's it's tough in Ottawa. Can you imagine if your average sale price was 1.2 million, which is what I think Toronto is? Um it, it, like how do you afford that? It's just it's, it's absolutely crazy. So we're I, I guess we're still lucky, but what we're seeing here in Ottawa over the last 2 years is kind of like a um it's kind of like a catch up I'll call it. You know, over the years, you know, between 2013 and 2017, Toronto and Vancouver went up like 30, 40%, where we went up like 6, 7, 8%. You know, and then so we're now just catching up where we're going up these astronomical. In the last two years, we've gone up 42%. So it's kind of like we're just catching up to where Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, some of the bigger cities are. are, are. That's, That's what we're just catching up right now. But what are we now, third, fourth largest city in Canada? You would think we'd be even higher than we are right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're still, you know, our, I, I'm interested in when the numbers come out this week to see, or sorry, after this week, when, to see where we are um, as far as average sale price and number of sales. I mean, number of sales, but the listings hitting the market is great. I mean, in the last seven days, there's been 492 homes hit the market, which is awesome, and only 429 sales. So our listings are starting to outpace our sales, which is great news. They're starting to sit a little bit longer, but we're still under 1,000 listings. Like in the, in the 601 to 9404, we're at 979 listings, which is really really low the one thing that's making a catch-up though is remember over the over the last probably six eight ten months i was tracking sort of like the, the where all the sales happened in orleans barhaven and, and canada at one point 
there are four times the amount of rentals on the market than there are than there were homes for sale. Right now, in those three areas, there's 182 for sale and 136 for rent. So that number has started to flip flop a little bit. Either people aren't renting anymore, maybe they're selling them, uh, maybe they're already rented. But there's the, the the number of rentals is is starting to decrease a little bit. There's only 621 rentals on the market where there used to be in the 800. So we're seeing a bit of a shift in the rental and sale market. Are you anticipating an explosion over the next two months? Well, it's hard to tell. I think that there's some people that are a little bit hungover with the market and, and maybe taking themselves out a little bit because, you know, we're, I, I, there's a lot of people that can't afford anymore. I mean, I, I mean, Frank would probably tell you, he's probably pre-approved someone, you know, a year ago that probably can't buy today because they've, the, the market's gone up so much. Um, and it's, you know, when we have such a lack of inventory and with so much pent up demand, prices have nowhere to go. But, uh, you know, I was telling you before, uh, before we actually got on air, I went back and I looked from 2015 to present, you know, how many homes were on the market. Uh, at the end of February in 2015, there were six, 6,519. And the year after, 62, then 52, then four, then three, then 1,800, then 984. And now we're probably end up around, you know, between 900 and 1,000 homes on the market here. So, just between 2015 and now, you can see the drop. I mean, there were six times the amount of listings on the market six years ago, seven years ago, which is crazy. Our, our listing inventory is continually dropping every single year. Where were we last year at this time again? Last year at the end of February, we were at 984, which is probably where we're going to end up around that too. We'll probably end up. Now, we keep in, keep, keep in mind these numbers come from all the areas in the city and yeah. some of the areas. I don't even know why they're on our MLS system because they don't relate to us. Uh, so that number might be a little bit higher than a thousand, but not much off where we were last year. And I'm sure. amazed at how similar everything is from this time last year to where we're at right now. Very except similar. interest rates, except interest yeah. rates. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to Steve, but I just feel like this, this market is a little bit more listing starved, even though the numbers say it's the same, it feels more listing starved than where we were last year. And maybe because we went through that market last year that, you know, we were hoping it was going to continue, but we're, we're, you know, it's, it's been listing starved for a while, but I just, I feel like this one's a little different. Like it's really listing starved. But like I said, we put 15 homes on last week. I hope other people did the same. We're starting to see homes start to hit the market, which is good news. Do you see us going up another 10, 15 points this year? Oh, it's so hard to prove. Like in, in January, we're up fifteen percent. I would never have predicted that. That's January over January. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, I would never have predicted in the last two years we would have gone up forty-two percent. You know, twenty and twenty percent in twenty twenty in twenty twenty, and twenty-two percent in twenty twenty-one. Where could we be? I mean, I, I early on I predicted between three and five. Then I took that back and I thought maybe yeah. about ten. Now I'm saying we could be anywhere between 15 to 17% up. And I might even be light on that. I might be wrong on that. We might be up 20, 25%, which year after year, if we're going up in the mid twenties or even, even 20%, it's starting to skip, you know, it's starting to scream a little bit of little bit of urgency of, is there a bubble there? And when I say that, I don't mean it's going to burst and the homes are going to be skyrocket downwards. It, that's not going to happen, but uh, it's it's just it's a little scary if we go up again another twenty twenty five percent. That'll be a little bit scary. A lot of sticker shock with your clients, Frank. A lot of sticker. A, a lot of them are are um, disappointed that you know they thought the ones that were going to buy last year they they waited and they thought that you know things would be back to normal and they did get back to normal towards the latter part of twenty 
21. I think things did get back to normal, but you know, we've uh, we headed into November and December and the lockdowns again, and all of a sudden the real estate market went crazy again. So they're disappointed. Uh, you know, I've got clients that are in variable rate mortgages that are calling me as well right now, and they're a little nervous with prime going up a quarter point. And I said to them, I mean, if you're on a 25 year amortization, for every $100,000 of mortgage, your payment will go up by $12 a month uh, if Prime goes up by a quarter point. So it's not earth shattering, but that's assuming you're on a 25-year amortization. So you got to be prepared for that. But the the um, the opposite is that if you choose to lock in now, you're gonna your rate's going to go up by 1.5%. So all of a sudden, your monthly payment it, for every 100000 will go up 60 to $70. So you need to be prepared for uh, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you think that that you're going to stay up at nighttime worried about prime rate continually going up because it will go up a couple of more times this year, then lock in now and don't worry about it. But you are giving up quite a bit of interest uh, over the next probably 18 months to 24 months by locking in now. So, well, let's, uh, let's, but you need you need to do what you're comfortable with, I think. Let's say, Frank, um, variable goes up as often as possible over the next year, year and a half. That still wouldn't be more than six increases, correct? You would think not. I mean, there's eight meetings a year. I mean, the meeting that's going to happen uh, on Wednesday is meeting number two of the year. So there's six further uh, announcements expected. Again, I still believe that most of those announcements will be neutral announcements where there is no change. Uh, but there's also a good chance that I think, you know, they're going to do a quarter point now, and depending on what happens around the world, uh, you know, there's a chance that the third week of April, when the next announcement is, there could be another quarter percent increase. So you need to prepare, be prepared for that. And I think that that's a worst case scenario. Uh, but if that second one happens in April, my personal feeling is that regardless of what happens, I think then he's got to sit on the sidelines for the next four or five months to make sure that that half percent discount isn't taking away from the growth of the economy, along with everything else that's happening in our economy, which is the rising prices of everything. Yeah. And we do mean everything. Like this isn't just gas or food or utilities. I mean, it is everything. Every single store you go into, you will see everything go up in price because of inflation. And everything costs more. Therefore, they have to pass those costs on to consumers. So how many increases are we looking at if you were to be in a variable? Is that the guess? Before, you know, before you'd end up at 3.09, which is where a five-year is now. Well, you got six, depending on what your variance is on your on your variable rate mortgage, uh, it could be anywhere between five to uh, to eight movements, so eight quarter point uh, increases. So, and then again, if, there's you're, if, you're, if you're prime minus, that would take even longer, right? That, well, that's what I mean, right? So, so right now, I mean, if if you're buying a uh, a more uh, a house with a high ratio mortgage, I mean, there's some lenders that are prime minus one and a quarter. So all of a sudden, you're at prime minus one and a quarter, which is you know one point two percent versus a five year fix at three percent. You're 1.8% ahead. So that's seven prime changes of a quarter point for you just to catch up to where you would sign on today. So Ooh, that's a, lot, uh, of, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot of principal you're paying down during that time too. That's just it. My advice is if you're going to do that, then take the variable, but set your payment as if you're at 3% so that what you're doing until prime gets to that level, if it does, you're putting a whole bunch more money towards your principal and paying down your mortgage quicker. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back.
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Mr. Rushforth, as rates go up, do you think listings will go up as well? I do believe so. Um, you know, I think as rates go up, you might uh, it might hurt the buyer pool a little bit, but there's a lot of people right now who uh, want to take advantage of that buyer pool that's there. Um, you know, if they go up a little bit, I don't see it hurting it that much. But yeah, there's, I mean, I had a, I had a, a client yesterday who, who called me and said, you know, she was going to wait till May, but she feels like now's the time to do it because she's wants that, you know, there's a lot of people right now that are, are rushing to get into homes before the rates do go up. But, you know, it's, it, and, and I think that that could be a push on why there, we're starting to see more listings hit the market. It, it could be, but, you know. Yeah, if you wait friend, till May, you're missing out, right? I believe you're missing out. Like your home, when I say missing out, you're still going to be in a fantastic market. But why not put your house on the market when there's less competition? Why put your house on the market when there's more competition? You know, if you're on the market and there's only one or two or three comparables of your house in your area and you're superior, you are going to get top dollar for your house. If you wait till May, there might be five, six, potentially seven comparables in the area, maybe even more. Like in a normal market, like back before the pandemic and all that, there might have been 20 comparables. Whereas now we're not seeing that. So I, I'm, you know, I'm really, really stressing when I talked to this lady yesterday, I'm like, I don't want to come across as like a slimy salesperson telling you to get your house on the market now, but I'm telling you to get your house on the market now. <laughs> there's, no, there's no competition. Like, do you want to wait till May or June and, and, and take a bit of a risk of having to compete with somebody else or a bunch of other people? Get it on now. I'm still looking at areas. I'm still searching homes for, for people in, in, in areas where there's like no comparables. Like there's just none. You're the only person on the market. Well, guess what happens when you're the only person on the market? You sell. You sell, right? Now so, listen, when, when I'm reading about 100,000 over asking, 200 over asking, are they homes that were not priced correctly to begin with or are people really getting that much more? No, there's, there's a couple strategies we do. You know, the one strategy is, okay, what do you really want for your house? Oh, I want 900,000. Well, we either listed at eight ninety nine to try to get that nine hundred thousand, or maybe we listed at seven ninety nine, try get lots of attention on it, lots of offers. Maybe it sells for nine twenty, nine thirty. You know, so there's there's two strategies that agents are using right now. Depends on the area and depends on the product. I I like for for quite a few product. I like a little bit underpriced to get that all that attention to go over asking. Uh, but other homes were like, no, you know what? If you want nine hundred, I think we listed right at nine hundred because I don't think you're going to get a penny more. Might sit a little bit, a little bit longer. You might only get one offer, uh, maybe two. But if you underprice a little bit, and like I said, it's a different strategy for different homes in different areas. So I don't say and know, different shape, right? It depends if your house is a and, dog. It's a different story, right? Yeah, and the fine a little bit, Paul. I mean, I don't know. To me, I mean, if, if the guy wants nine hundred, you know, if a couple wants nine hundred for their home. I don't know that seven ninety nine is the right number. I think that maybe eight forty nine or eight fifty nine is more reasonable to well, get. I don't know. Like that's you know, I'm just thinking out loud as a consumer. I'm thinking I don't want to list it at seven ninety nine. I want to list it at eight forty nine or eight fifty nine. Yeah, but you want the yeah. excitement, right? So we've 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 done both those strategies, and I'll tell you exactly what happens. Usually, the one that's at eight forty nine, eight fifty nine sells for about eight seventy five. The one that's at seven ninety nine usually sells overnight. So it's yeah, which doesn't make any sense. No, it all depends. It all depends on, like I said, the product. It all depends on the area, what strategy we want to use. And truthfully, anyone can anyone who tells you they know what the home is going to sell for is is dead wrong. It's dead wrong. I mean, I've seen homes that have sold for numbers that I have no idea how they got there. And I saw I see other homes that sold for things where I'm like, wow, I think they could have got more. 
you know, so it's, it's so hard to tell. I mean, you know, we had one circumstance where we sold a home for 250 over asking and the highest offer was way higher than everybody else. It was a Toronto buyer. So it was a Toronto buyer who bought a townhome for like 700,000 for him. That's a steal, right? That's a steal 700,000. So it all depends on who your buyer is, you know, and it's, it's, you can't predict what a home is going to sell for it, which is weird because I get called all the time saying, can you ask, can you tell me what my home is worth? I'm like, (laughs) it's going to be hard. I can try, you know, there's an appetite that your home's going to sell for seven, but there's also an appetite your home's going to sell for eight. So it's, it's just, who's your buyer? Where are they coming from? How desperate do they want that house? With no inventory, there's a lot of desperate people who want to get into homes and some are overpaying for it. Frank, you're talking about people who are invariable thinking of getting into a fix because they want the security. Is there much security in a 10-year mortgage? Are people interested in 10-year mortgages again? or Because it doesn't look like a spread is that much between a 5 and a 10 right now. No, it's, it's not that much. And again, for some people that, that are really nervous and just want that fixed component, they might look at a 10-year. I mean, I think a 10-year on a high-ratio purchase you can probably get it in the three two nine rate, but uh, range. But depending on the institution you're with, some institutions are into the fours when it comes to a ten year mortgage. So if you're going to go up that much, then I don't think it's worth it personally. But um, you know, it's not for everyone. You got to be careful with the ten year because again, you are committing a long period of time for a certain interest rate, and we know how much volatility there is. And you know, um, you know, another variant hitting us, and, and all of a sudden we could see rates coming back down. So. Um, you know, there's a risk in doing it, but if it makes you sleep better at nighttime, I always say personal choice, personal choice, personal choice, whatever you feel more comfortable with, you go with. You just then can't complain that you've made a mistake, uh, you know, because you're stuck in it. If, if you get into a mortgage that long term and you want to get out of it, it's extremely expensive, especially if you're with one of the major banks. So uh, a variable gives you outs. I mean, every single bank lender that has a variable rate mortgage your penalty to get out is three months interest and that's it. So, you know, you do have outs with that. Right. What do you think is going to happen to the rates or even our economy with what's going on in Ukraine? Like, do you think that's going to impact our rates and our, our economy? Well, based on what we saw the last couple of days, it's like it doesn't even matter what's going on down there because the markets haven't really reacted to it where we thought they would have reacted negatively to it. So, I mean, hard to say and depending on how long it lasts, but Right now, it feels like it has no impact whatsoever, but I do believe that next uh, week we'll start to see a little bit of impact where, uh, again, it's going to affect the world market. I mean, I think oil prices are really going to feel it more than anything else. So that's the concern is the oil prices. And if prime goes up uh, this week, you don't see that affecting fixed rates? Uh, no, I think the fixed rates have already priced in the fact that prime is going up. So the bond markets have priced it in. That being said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait anymore. a minute now, wait a minute now. You told us over a month ago that they've already priced it in. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so this has been a free month for everybody, for the banks. Well, I don't know. I don't know. There's been a free month because again, quietly, the banks have increased their fixed rates by about 20 basis points in the last month. So bond markets haven't necessarily gone up. And the banks are still crying poor after the record profits that they're all reporting right now. But they're still crying poor, t- telling us that the spreads on fixed rates are, are too low right now. So, uh, again, I mean, that's the reason I think that they're quietly doing what they're doing. They're gradually increasing rates, staying out of the headlines, staying out of the news, and just increasing their profit margins very, very wisely. And how much longer do you think that's going to happen? And don't say forever. I think it's going to happen. I know it will be forever, but... <laughs> I don't think it's forever, but I think that, you know, they're looking at, you know, consumers and inflation going up and everything else going up, and they think they can be part of part of it as well, and they can continually increase it. So, 
you know, they'll continue to do it until maybe the housing market really starts to temper itself. And then all of a sudden they may have to rethink that strategy. Birthdays this week. Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, Zena from our office celebrated her birthday as, long, uh, as well as Nancy Douglas uh, from my team celebrating her birthday this week. And a big welcome to the Mortgage Brokers Ottawa family, to uh, Franco Briglio, a good friend of mine who's been with TD Canada Trust forever, right out of high school and uh, left the bank and joined us uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So welcome, Franco. Is is Obriglio Irish Italian? No, Franco. <laughs> oh, and then Briglio. Oh, I thought so, it was. Yeah. I thought it was Obriglio. <laughs> no, no, he's as Italian as it comes. Trust me. He's got three kitchens, I think. He, he might have three kitchens in his house. <laughs> and, and the gold chains. The gold chains hanging with the fur. Uh, <laughs> If he's driving a Trans Am, he's true blue. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, I should, I, I'm going to have to start preparing my birthdays now. I feel bad every time Frank has birthdays and I don't bring my birthdays. Well, let's just wish uh, a happy birthday to everybody Frank mentions and then we won't feel so Yep, bad. that's it. And then anybody that Paul knows. If it's your birthday this week, Paul's wishing you a happy birthday. Paul there at paulrushforth.com. Frank N. at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Hopefully we'll see you in the studio soon. Hopefully, and please support local businesses and charities, all. Have a great week, everyone.